Slava Isis Gestu, Slava Navika. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory be forever. This is Father Basil Malovany again. Hope everyone's doing well wherever they're listening from. And uh, I'm going to talk today about the spiritual works of mercy. Some of you may have heard this before. Now, what does it mean to do a work of mercy? It means that we are, um, you know, helping those people around us become closer to God. That's basically all it means. So when I discuss these spiritual works of mercy, uh, just remember that every time we do one of them, we are hopefully uh, bringing a person into a better relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all that we're doing in, in this regard. So I'll just go through them, read them off, and then talk about them a little bit each. So the spiritual works of mercy. Number one, to counsel the doubtful. Two, to instruct the ignorant. Three, to admonish the sinner. Four, to comfort the sorrowful. Five, to forgive injuries. Six, to bear wrongs patiently. And seven, to pray for the living and the dead. So, quickly we'll go through each of them. Number one, to counsel the doubtful. You know, sometimes in life we... Doubt. Um, we, we don't have the faith that the saints had that they are very faithful in doing God's word and knowing where their soul is going at the end of their life. We often uh, in our life because of the things that happen to us we often doubt God's words to us. And even though that is a sin, it still happens because when when bad things happen to us, we, we right away say, well, where is God? Why is God doing this to me? How is God not helping me right now? And when we say that we're going to counsel the doubtful, means that we are going to try to help them understand that God is going to be with us forever and ever, even through all the different events of our lives that are not always, uh, that are not always joyful. We're not always going to have joy in our lives. Sometimes we're going to have pain and suffering. Sometimes we're going to have bad things happen to us. But that doesn't mean that God's word is not going to hold true. God's truth is always going to win out in the end. So we have to help people understand that. That our life, our 
our very reason to be created was to be with God forever and ever and ever. Okay, the second one, to instruct the ignorant. Um, those in our world who don't know our Catholic faith, and even those who are baptized, you know, there's many people in our churches today who are baptized but don't know the Catholic faith at all. They don't live it out at all. So we are obligated as Christians to teach one another what the Catholic faith is all about. And sometimes, you know, as a priest, sometimes it's very difficult because people are not always going to like what you say as a priest, but we have to, we have to, uh, say the truth all the time. We have to give people the, the truth of the gospel. And this, by being truthful, by being, uh, uh this, we, 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 we need to be as, um, uh, I'm thinking of the word here. We we need to be very uh, this straightforward in dealing with people who uh, who might not believe what the gospel says. You know, we can't force anyone to believe what Jesus told us to to teach, but we still have the obligation to teach it. We still have the obligation to teach the truth that the church teaches us. And this is what I've been doing in during these podcasts. I'm not sure how many people listen to them, if people like what I say or don't like what I say, but I still have to say what the truth of the church and uh and this is very very important to instruct those who are ignorant of our faith the next one to admonish the sinner well i've been talking about sin a lot and maybe next podcast i'll talk a little bit about how we participate in other people's sin or i could even do that today i could just do it as part of this podcast so, to admonish the sinner means that we have to tell people when they are doing wrong. And this is not an easy thing to do. This is not an easy thing to do at all. Because we, it's hard for us to not judge. And by, by telling someone that they have sinned, by telling someone that they have not fulfilled uh, their role in, 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 our, in God's will for them, but have been selfish, have been, you know, have have broken the commandments, have done something to hurt another person. Even though it's tough to say that, we still have to we still have to tell people. What is the difference between right and wrong? This is we teach our children. 
You know, I teach my little son when he does something wrong, we have to correct him. We have to say, no, this is not right what you're doing because you're going to hurt yourself and others eventually. And that's the same thing that happens in sin. We eventually hurt ourselves or others when we continue to break the commandments. So, um, this, here's, here's another way of looking at it. So, I'm just going to read to you nine ways that we participate in another sin. So, it's not just, uh, you know, sinning by doing something against another person. We also sin by allowing another person to sin. And this is, this is, this is hard for us to understand sometimes. But if we allow another person that we know to sin, we are almost being part of that sin. So here's nine ways that we participate in another sin by counsel. So if we counsel someone to do something wrong, if we are telling them, well, you know, like if we are teaching our children uh, that something against the commandment is okay, then we are there. We are teaching them by counsel that we are sitting against uh, with them. You know, if we are teaching them that uh, premarital sex is okay, that abortion is okay, that euthanasia is okay, we are counseling them by sin, by command. If we tell someone to do something that is sinful, so again. It, this this can work in many ways, but you know, obvious example: if we tell someone to kill someone uh, for no reason, that's sinful. Obviously, if we if we're working in a big company and we are the boss and we tell our employees to cheat, to steal, to steal money, well, that's sinful. Another way, by consent. So we we are, you know, as a group of people and, you know, we are hanging out with these other people and all of a sudden we, we read or we hear that someone is going to, um, you know, commit a crime. So we, we agree to it. Well, we consent to it. And you know, in the old days when there was bank robbers, that that could have happened in the past too. You know, they they want to rob a bank, so we all consent to it by provocation. So we provoke someone to sin if we are continually, you know, annoying another person, nagging another person, uh, this or or this. Talk, talking to another person badly, calling names to another person, or even physically attacking another person, and that causes them to to go back against us, to to attack us or to say something bad to us. We are sinning by provocation, by praise or flattery. So this means that you know we we. We want to get something from someone else. So we don't care if they're sitting. 
we just praise them or flatter them in different ways by our words, by our actions, and they commit a sin because of that. So that's what that means. By concealment. So we know someone else's sin, but we <coughs> we don't say anything about it. And that's what I'm talking about here. To admonish the sinner, you know. If if we don't if we don't try to correct the person, if we don't try to help a person become better in the relationship with Christ, then we are we are in the wrong as well. By participation, well, that's an easy one. We we see someone, uh, you know, uh, the I'm just thinking of an example of this. You know, when there's riots on the streets, if there's, uh, you know, we see someone breaking into a store and and uh, stealing something, so we join them by participating in that crime. By remaining silent. Well, again, so we we know something uh, about someone uh, that they have done something uh, that they have done something horrible against someone else, and we don't say anything about it by defending the sin committed. So the the this is also easy to understand. Uh, if we if if someone has sinned, you know, if someone is has say, you know, caused physical damage to someone else by beating them up, and we say, well. It's it's this other person's fault. It's the other person's fault, but they deserved it. So we're defending the sin committed by this person that beat someone up. Or in a another, you know, serious example, if someone commits sexual assault against someone else, and we blame the victim, we say, well, that that woman or that man who was sexually assaulted deserved it. Because of how they dressed or how they acted or they were drunk. Well, no, of course not. So that that's defending the sin committed by someone else. So I just want to go back this what I said a couple of minutes ago. Uh, you know, you might say, well, don't priests have to? Do they have the seal of confession, right? So when they hear someone sins, they can't reveal them to anyone else. That's true. So in, in the confessional, we priests, when we hear someone sins, we cannot ever reveal them to anyone the rest of our lives. But that doesn't mean that we don't try to help that person who is uh, talking in the confessional to um, make amends for their sins. So what that means is that we counsel them, we, or priests should try to counsel the people in the confessional to, to make amends to the people that they've hurt. 
you know, either by prayer or by good works or something else. So this is very important to remember. Even though the priest can never, ever reveal the sin that was uh, told to us, we we still can, can counsel the penitent, the person who is coming to confession, to do something to make amends for that sin, to to ask for forgiveness from the person that they've sinned against and things like that. So that's very important to remember. Okay, so back to the spiritual works of mercy. So we just talked about the admonish the sinner. Now, number four is to comfort the sorrowful. Um, that's, that's an easy one too because there's so much sorrow in our life and we have to be open to be, um, comforting to people, you know, to be uh, generous and to be, uh, just loving to people because people go through much in their lives and this to listen to someone is take, taking our time and being there for someone who needs us is very important in life. To forgive injuries. Well, we talked about confession. So it's not only to, uh, you know, the priest, as, as I said a few minutes ago, is, tries to get the person who is confessing their sins to make amends for their sins, to make right what they have done, the bad they have done, and to make it make it right again to the person that they hurt. And also, we the, for the person that they've hurt, they have to learn to forgive. They've had to learn to forgive all the injuries they have that the other person has given to them. That's part of our Christian faith: forgiveness. To bear wrongs patiently. Um, again, this is part, this is a little bit like forgiveness. So, you know, we can't change every single person in this world. It would be nice to, to, to have every person follow our Christian belief and to be good and generous to one another. But we, we know that's not always going to be possible. So to bear wrongs patiently means that if someone has hurt us, if someone has committed a sin against us, we have to be patient and pray for them and pray that their soul be saved and that they turn their life around. You know, this is what Jesus did all the time. And the last spiritual work of mercy is to pray for the living and the dead. This is pretty pretty straightforward, right? You know, um, I still don't understand how there are some people, some Catholics, some Christians who think that they don't have to pray, that they are baptized and they just think, well, it's the priest's job to pray for us. But it's the priest is praying for everyone, sure. The priest is praying for the whole world. But you still, 
the prayer is your relationship with God. So if you don't pray, you're basically saying you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have any relationship with God if you don't pray. That's that's the thing. Prayer is is showing that you actually remember God every day in your life. And to pray for the living and the dead means that we pray for others. We care about others. We care about the souls of others. And that's that's the last spiritual work of mercy. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast. I'll talk again another time soon. God bless you.